Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Language with the Five Senses Education Podcast. Yes, that is a new name, and I'm going to explain that in just a minute. Um, I'm Elizabeth Porter, your language and education lady, and I am really glad to be with you today. I have a lot of announcements. Things have been very busy around here. But first of all, I just want to explain the name change and the rebranding of the podcast. Initially, you know, my specialty is language, linguistics, um, and language in the brain. But I started working a lot more with um, non-language teachers and homeschoolers and those who believe in freedom in education. And I realized that I have so much to say about so many topics that are just beyond uh, language itself. And I wanted to do a podcast that was a little broader on education, but focusing still on that um, cultural education piece, uh, culturally responsive teaching, brain-friendly learning, and performance-based learning. And this opens up the opportunity to have lots of different speakers come on and share their stories and experiences instead of just listening to me all the time. So I'm really excited about the rebranding of the podcast. And I'm hoping that this will bring us more like-minded or listeners or those who want to learn more about brain-friendly learning and about performance-based learning and language and culture and all things that are education-based. Um, and like I said, this is I'm, I happen to be a teacher and an educator, but this is for all people who are educators out there, whether it be home educators or professional educators. Um, I want us all to come together because I truly believe in freedom in education and your right to choose what you feel is best, the, the education that you feel is best for your family um, and your children and uh, doing what's right in education and revolutionizing the education system that we do have in place um, as far as public education goes. So I'm really excited, like I said, um, and I, I just wanted to um, kind of give a little uh explanation of why the podcast has uh, changed its name and rebranded. So we're not just associated with my school anymore, um, but we're more of a, a wider education podcast. That also being said is coming very soon. Um, August 1st is the goal is um, the launch, the official launch of a new website um, called Language with the Five Senses Homeschoolers. And this isn't just for homeschoolers. It's for after schoolers. It's for world schoolers. It's for choice in education, private schoolers, public schoolers, anyone who believes that education uh, doesn't stop at school and that we all have a choice in how we educate our children. And so that website is launching soon. And the goal is to provide resources for families who are making choices in education. Uh, that go beyond what is just 
offered in the public school system. And it is to connect them with all of the resources that are available out there. Because I don't know about you, but um, when, you know, as COVID's been hitting and everything, I've been, you know, and I work with ho in the homeschool community quite a bit. Um, I speak at several homeschool events a year. Um, so I'm out there in the homeschool community quite a bit. And then when I'm actually trying to access different resources, I have to go a million different places to find them. And so part of this website is a little self-serving because I wanted to have everything all in one place. Um, so that I could find it, <laughs> but also I wanted other families because I'm sure that if I feel this way, other families do too. Um, in addition, I didn't have a lot of resources available for specifically for world schooling and my family, we world school quite a bit. And so I wanted to um, have a place where people who world school could find information. And I also just wanted, there's so much, there's so, there are so many, you know, resources and vendors out there. Um, some are religious, some are not religious. I wanted a place where you could go to one place and find what you were looking for and, um, you know, just be able to connect with vendors and be able to talk with each other. And so there's going to be a whole network with this. There's going to be a Facebook page, which is already established. Um, if you look it up, it is L W no, that's the, that's the website. <laughs> the website is, um, L W five S homeschoolers.com L W five S homeschoolers.com. And I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and the other one is, um, the, the Facebook page is, um, language with the five senses homeschoolers. I just used homeschoolers as an over as a, like, a a generic, a general, you know, term. However, like I said, it's homeschoolers, it's after schoolers, it's world schoolers, it's anyone who is making a choice in education and going beyond what just what's offered um, in the public school system and supplementing. I mean, we there's a lot of families who do a lot of supplementing as well. Um, and for teachers also, but my my teacher site is lw5steachers.com or language with the five senses teachers.com. So or language with the five senses.com. Um, so I have the teacher page and now I have the choice and education page um, that are the choice and education page is going to be available on the 1st of August, crossing my fingers. Um, it's going to be free for, for families to use. Um, thanks to hopefully a great number of sponsors who are going to be on the site with us and offering their resources to you as families and as teachers of your children. So anyway, that's really exciting. I'm really, I'm super excited about that. And this came out of, like I said, you know, me going, I, I have to go here and there and everywhere to find what I'm looking for. So um, I'm, I'm really excited about that. The other thing that I want to talk about quickly before I get on, I, I mean, I, this is, these are, you know, 10 little bird walks here, but um, 
I, along with uh, Stephen Langlois from Educo Rock, who is also known as Etienne, the French rock star, the French teacher rock star, I should say, um, we are putting, we put on, sorry, uh, the first day of it was July 1st. That was the live day. And then we've got like a month of, um, you know, just online conference. And um, then we have another live event, August 21st and 22nd. So we put on the Rock Your Homeschool July, started last Thursday, uh, this past Thursday. And um, so that went really well. We had a lot of people attend. We've got um, our video hall is open. uh, So you can go and watch all the videos. If you miss the live event, you can go to the video hall and watch that. We have a swag bag from our sponsors that's amazing. Um, And we've got a couple of amazing sponsors that I'd like to mention right now to you. Um, And you're going to start hearing a lot more sponsors on this podcast because we are going to mention at least two um, for for the website uh, every week when we record. So um, the first one is Wings to Soar Online Academy. And this is run by Beth Ellen Nash. And so I'm going to read uh, what she has to say about Wings to Soar. I got to tell you, though, as a mom of a special needs kid, this this academy, I've been looking at it quite a bit. Um, I mean, she's got some great stuff. And if you want to see her videos on um, she focuses on focuses on dyslexia, especially. But if you want to see her videos, go to the speaker hall on the Bon Voyage World Languages Academy website. It's uh, Bon Voyage, it's bvwla.com backslash, excuse me, backslash 2020-speaker-hall. And I'll, I'll put all of this in the show notes. So Wings to Soar Online Academy specializes in empowering dyslexics and other outside-the-box learners, which would be like my son Daniel, to gain the skills and confidence to not just survive, but thrive in school and in life. Wings to Soar creates a personalized learning plan for each student, starting with a free, just right level academic placement assessment. So um, like I said, she's got some really great stuff out there, Beth Ellen Nash. I really recommend if you've got learners who need special differentiation or they're dyslexic or autistic or whatever, um, go and check those out. And like I said, I will link those in the show notes. And the other one is math. Oh my gosh, all of you know how much I struggle with math. I struggle so much with math. I mean, math and I do not get along at all, right? So Mr. D Math is an online educational program which offers both self-paced and live online classes. No matter how you participate in the math course, Mr. D offers extra help sessions for all students which are all live and online, like we do at Bon Voyage, right? We have those live online classes there. They also have email support every day from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern time with usual turnaround time of less than one hour. After 9 p.m., students get first attention at 9 a.m. the following day. They are committed to having students be successful with their learning and create courses that interact with many learning styles. While Mr. D is from the U.S., he is really excited to get to know his neighbors to the north. Okay, so because Steve Steve Langlois, who's running this with me, um, these two events, and by the way, we have an August event that's coming up too, and that's free. So it's always free 
because I want those resources available for you out there so that you have a choice in education and you know where to find this stuff. And so our talks are, um, our talks are always free. Uh, anyway, so Mr. D, um, Stephen, Steve, he lives in the North in Canada. <laughs> and Mr. D is really excited to, um, to meet all of our, uh, all of our students from the North. And, you know, we have a lot of listeners from Canada as well, as well as from all over the world. So anyway, math is a humongous struggle for me. And as all of you know, who listen to me, um, regularly is that I am always searching for good math. And let me tell you, Mr. D, his math is amazing. So he also has some videos in our speaker hall and I will post those in the show notes as well. Um, the one that I think is really useful that was really useful for me in helping Daniel was think uh, how to think and talk math. So um, I would really recommend that one if you're going to listen how to think and talk math and I'll make sure that one is highlighted in the show notes for you as well. So anyway, let's let's get on with um, some more awesome education topics. So I've been talking a lot lately about the brain. Like that seems to be what everyone is is hiring me to talk about right now is um, not just language in the brain, but learning in the brain and specifically um, the anatomy of the brain and how the brain learns and, and all of that really cool, awesome, good stuff that comes out of your brain. Like I could nerd out on that forever. Um, and so today I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how our brains are, uh, how our brains learn, but how our, how we can promote brain-friendly learning and what brain-friendly learning looks like and specifically bringing in some pieces of neurodiversity. Um, neurodiversity, as you know, all of our brains learn pretty much in the same way. Um, it's pretty much a formula of the information comes in through your sensory receptors. So what are our sensory receptors out there, everybody? Um, well, we've got those five senses, right? I'm always talking about language with the five senses. Well, learning with the five senses as well, right? So learning with the five senses, we all of our learning is sensory. Every single little bit of learning starts out with sensory input. So it either comes in from your eyes, your ears, your nose, your tongue, your hands or your skin or body sensations. Um, and it all comes in through those five senses. And so what we do, what our brains do with that sensory information depends on where our connections are in the brain. And that is where neurodiversity comes in. So I talk a lot about neuroplasticity, which I am going to talk about in the next uh, podcast episode is neuroplasticity because that's like my second favorite thing to talk about. Well, actually, I have a lot of favorite things to talk about a lot, actually. <laughs> but anyway, um, so when we talk about brain friendly learning, we think about ways that the brain will accept 
the sensory information coming in from your senses and send it to the correct areas of the brain. So when you are a brain-friendly teacher, you understand how the brain works, but not only how the brain works, how the brain receives information, but how learners are able to use their strengths in their brain and their own personal learning styles in order to retain that information and send it into the hippocampus, which is where your long-term memory is stored. Um, and so you are a teacher or a homeschool parent who understands how the brain learns and the best practices that tap into the way the brain receives, filters, processes, and encodes all of that new information in order to optimize the learning. So you know, for example, that the information comes into the brainstem and hits the reticular activating system and that reticular activating system decides whether or not the brain can spend the energy on that information <laughs> essentially and sends it to the correct part of the uh, cerebral cortex which would be your frontal lobe your parietal lobe your temporal lobe and your occipital lobe. I believe that if you would like to know more information about this, my brain talk from the July <laughs> Rock Your Homeschool Conference will be ready very shortly and posted in the speaker hall. So brain-friendly teachers, brain-friendly, I should say brain-friendly educators, because, you know, educators aren't just teachers. All teachers are educators, but not all educators are teachers, right? Uh, brain-friendly educators understand how the brain actually takes in, processes, and codes information on into the brain and into the long-term memory. The next step of that is that brain-friendly educators promote a growth mindset and they understand neuroplasticity. And like I said, the next podcast episode, I'm going to talk about neuroplasticity. But basically neuroplasticity is the way in which your brain physically changes in response to learning new information and retaining new information and how you help it grow and really uh, solidify that learning in the brain. Brain-friendly educators understand neurodiversity and foster understanding of learning styles in the learners. So a lot of times, when you are a brain-friendly educator, you teach your learners 
about the brain and how the brain learns and how their brains are super elastic. Now, there is a book that I absolutely love. There's well, there's several books that I absolutely love, but the the one book that I is my go to for teaching kids about um, neuroplasticity, neurodiversity, and growth mindset is called Your Fantastic Elastic Brain by Joanne Deke, PhD. And I will post this in the show notes. This is an excellent, excellent book. Um, and what's, what's great about it is it explains what each part of your brain does, but it also explains um, how your brain changes and grows when you learn new things and when your attitude is I can do it. And when you're fed with confidence that you can achieve. So that's the next thing is that the brain friendly educators, they instill a sense of confidence, but also responsibility in their learners. They make learning a partnership. So it's not a, I'm going to test you and you're going to get a grade. It's a discussion. Learning is a discussion. Learning is, what are you interested in? What can I bring into this learning? I mean, we, we know we have standards, right? And I always, always say, I don't have a problem with the standards. My problem is with how the standards are assessed. So we take these standards and we say, what can I bring in that my learners would respond to and be interested in? And what can I use to engage their brains here? So that's huge. And that's a relationship piece. Now, those of you who are home educators know know your learners extremely well, right? Because in most cases, they are your own children and you have wonderful, solid relationships with them, or at least we hope. Classroom teachers, we have to work a little bit harder to create those relationships. And a lot of times the relationships are more important. The relationship building is more important than the actual classroom content. And I'll tell you why. We have to build trust relationships with students and understand how the brain responds to a feeling of trust. The reason why is because trusting relationships release dopamine and oxytocin from the hypothalamus. Okay, so if you are a learner and you are let let's take let's take my example earlier from math okay like i said math and i we do not get along math and i are completely not friends and i write about this in the book the reason why Math and I are not friends is because I did not have a trusting relationship with any of the math teachers that I had. And in fact, there was a teacher 
when I, that I had when I was in sixth grade. I won't say her name um, because that's not really fair, but um, she was, uh, let's just say she was awful. And she made, she was the one who gave me what I call learning trauma. So when your confidence and your trust is shot and it, then it turns into a, what I call a learning trauma, it's just over. You have to work extra, extra hard in order to get over that anxiety, to get out of the uh, mindset that you can have confidence. And I just have zero confidence in math. If I had had a teacher like Mr. D, I think I would have done way, way better. Like I struggle so much with math with my son. So anyway, um, I digress. What I would like to reiterate here is that um, I had this lack of confidence because this teacher, not only did she not make an attempt to build a trusting relationship with me. She was constantly putting me down because I didn't understand. In fact, this teacher had a sign on her desk. I will never, ever, ever forget this. I will never forget it. She had a sign on her desk that said, don't ask me stupid questions. And then every single time I had a math question because I didn't understand it, and she felt like it was a stupid question, she'd point to the sign. So what do you think happened to me then? Well, I just wasn't going to answer that question at all. Not at all. Or ask that question. I wasn't going to ask questions from her anymore, ever. And there was one day when I did not understand the math at all. I was struggling. I was having such a hard time. And she sent me down to my fourth grade teacher to get the fourth grade math. And instead of helping me try to catch up and get the, the skills I needed, she sent me back to, how do you think that made me feel as a sixth grader going back down to fourth grade math? Oh my goodness, I was, I was mortified. And I had to stand there and ask for it from my fourth grade teacher myself. Like she didn't even go to him and say, hey, look, I've got this student and she was in your class before, no she sent me down there to ask him for it myself. And you know what his response was? What? Why? He was just as floored as I was. I mean, it, I, I, that was something that the teacher should have taken care of there. So that turned into a math trauma. Now, the year before that, I had a fabulous fifth grade teacher. He was so amazing. And in fact, I actually did better with him than I had done in a long time with math. And basically my sixth grade teacher, she undid everything. So I muddled through math and I get to eighth grade math and I still don't know in eighth grade math how to multiply double digits. And so I was struggling. And so I went to my seventh grade math teacher who I really loved um, my eighth grade math teacher, I didn't have, I don't even remember who that person was because I don't even think that that person even tried with me either. Because basically I went through math like, and I had very few teachers who would even try, like most of them just decided to give up on me. So 
anyway, <laughs> um, I went to my seventh grade math teacher who I, I had really liked. And I said to him, um, I still don't know how to do this. Could you please help me? And he laughed at me. So I felt super dumb and I decided that no more, I was never gonna ask teachers for math teachers for help ever again. And I still have this learning trauma from math. Like it, I just, I get like my son has math and I just, I get so anxious and I just can't, like I just can't. So eventually i um ended up hiring a, a math teacher for my son and um now that it was a college student so um i honestly am now thinking i'm just going to um hire mr d really honestly because i think that he's great like i've been watching his videos and he can follow like even for me i can follow his stuff but the thing is is that i never had that relationship piece and in fact i had teachers who put me down constantly constantly put me down so what we have to do is we have to build up our learners and we have to say this is not something i'm doing to you this is something i'm doing with you and you know especially with language language is like math in a lot of sense in a lot of sense you know kids are not typically comfortable or confident in math you know there are things that kids are just naturally you know they are naturally confident in or they seem to be more confident in just in general um but and then there are other things like math and language where they need extra help or they need extra boosts of confidence and what's super important is when you share stories like i just shared with you with your students when you create those trusting relationships when you have these high expectations and you build up their sense of confidence when you build them up into a way that they feel like they can do it where you make making mistakes and not understanding about learning opportunities rather than, oh, bummer, you made a mistake. Oh, now you can't go back and try. Oh, oh my gosh, you made a mistake. Look how stupid you are. I mean, not that anybody would really say that, but essentially that's what my sixth grade teacher said to me, right? You have a question that I think is stupid. And so I'm just going to point to my sign don't ask stupid questions and you can go away because i don't want to deal with you and in fact i don't want to deal with you so much that i'm going to send you back down to the fourth grade to go ask your fourth grade teacher when you are in sixth grade to give you the fourth grade math curriculum to work on instead of me taking the time to help you do you see how that would beat a kid down and 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 you know really make it hard and as I got older, I mean, I had a 10th grade teacher who treated me the same way. I had, you know, I did have a teacher in 11th grade who really, really tried to help me. I mean, she sat with me. She, you know, she knew I was trying. I sat with her every day at lunchtime. I went and she helped me and she passed me with a D because I, she saw that I was trying because otherwise I would have failed math. In college, I managed to, um, you know, just barely squeak by with math. It wasn't required in France. And so I just, you know, I managed to talk my way out of doing math um, to get my, my 
my bachelor's degree. And then what happened was when I was in uh, in graduate school, I had to take an because my my master's degree is in um, elementary education, and so I had to take elementary general uh, general ed elementary math. And I couldn't even do that. And you know what happened to me? Now, this was a professor who was supposed to be a, a, a teaching teachers, teaching elementary teachers for that matter. She stood in front of the entire class. When I asked a question, I just didn't understand it. I didn't understand something. I couldn't get it. We were using um, that is at that time they were starting a new math program called the Tim's program. So it was completely different even than what I had learned or had attempted to learn as a child. And um, so this Tim's method was even more confusing to my brain. And, you know, I am a I have degrees in linguistics and language, everybody. I mean, this uses the same type of processes as math. So usually people who are good at language are good at math, but not me. <laughs> but I think it's because, not because I can't, I couldn't have been good at math. It was because I have this learning trauma. So she stood up. Now this is, I was graduate school. Okay. So master's degree. She stood up entire in front of the entire class and she said, and I quote, I don't know how you can be so smart and be so stupid at the same time. I don't know how you managed to get through college and make it to graduate school with the lack of math knowledge that you have. That is exactly what she said to me in front of everyone. I have never been so humiliated in my life ever. I'm not kidding. So, so here's this woman, that was it. I was like, I'm done. I, I passed, so I got a tutor. So my cousin, my grandpa paid my cousin who was studying engineering to tutor me. So I managed to pass um, taking the test and the guy who gave me the test, cause I got special accommodations. Cause I was like, I was like, I am not gonna let math not let me, you know, pass grad school. Like I worked my behind off. And the guy was like, don't you ever teach above third grade? Okay. So it was at that moment, when I said, okay, I won't. <laughs> and I went straight to teach high school French. So I, in my early career, I taught third grade, fourth grade, and fifth grade, but I was lucky because I didn't have to actually teach math. I was the curriculum specialist for language arts and uh, social studies and some science. Like the science that I was teaching was non-math science. Because I struggle with science too, but science, I love, I love neuroscience. Absolutely love neuroscience. But there's, in my, in my studies of neuroscience now, when you get down to it, you know, and you're a real neuroscientist, there's math involved. But for me, there's no math involved in, in this neuroscience. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I, I can basically, I can basically do the bare minimum of addition, subtraction, and some multiplication for math. But my brain, like I am, I live in my amygdala when it comes to math. So Mr. D, I'm totally going to hire you to teach my son <laughs> math this year because he's, he's in, he's going to be in sixth grade. And, you know, I can barely get through the, the first grade math with my other son. Um, 
so yeah, so the point is, is that when you create trusting relationships with students and you build up their confidence, they release, a, a chemical reaction happens in both people's brains, the release of oxytocin and the release of dopamine. These are the two like lovey-dovey feel-good drugs. And a lot of times people think of oxytocin um, in like childbirth or romantic love or whatever, but oxytocin is basically just a relationship builder. Um, Daniel has been asking me frequently, actually several times a day, how does Oscar, Oscar's our dog, how does Oscar understand love? How does he know that I love him and how, how does he express love? The answer is oxytocin. Dogs release oxytocin just like people do. And oxytocin is exchanged when you give your dog a hug or a kiss or you pet your dog or whatever. So when your body releases oxytocin uh, combined with dopamine, so dopamine is the feel good, like it feels good. Um, the that is the hormone that's released those are released from the hypothalamus in both people and you make a connection and when that happens students are built up they feel confident and they are ready to be partners with you and meet your expectations and they understand that this is not something you're doing to them but you're doing it with them they are your partner in learning you are not the person telling them how to learn, what to learn, in a sense, you're telling them what to learn, but in a sense, you're also helping them along the way, because what's the real goal here? In the real world, the goal is that they become independent learners, right? We don't want them to have to depend on us for their learning. We want them to be self-starters. We want them to go out and become those independent learners. And so relationships really, really help our students become independent learners, set goals for themselves, have expectations that are high for themselves, and have confidence that they can achieve success. When you do that, when you have those relationships, it works. And your students will be motivated and engaged with you because they trust you. That is essential. And that's why I always say that it doesn't matter at all what the content is. If you don't have those trusting relationships, if you don't, if you don't teach your learners that, that mistakes or mistakes, missteps or failures are just opportunities to learn and grow instead of, oh, well, I failed. I give up. No more. Then you will never be able to really foster learning, foster a love of learning, and foster independent learning in those students. So those relationships, uh, that relationship piece is super, super important. And then along with that, validating culture is also extremely important. And fostering relationships between you and your students, but also your 
learners and other people, other students in your class, other people in your family, other people in your community, um, really fostering relationships outside of the teacher-student relationship, if that makes sense. Uh, because when we broaden our horizons, then we start to create um, and build the prefrontal cortex. And I'm going to talk about that a, a lot more next week. Um, but we're out of time for today. Um, so I would like to just thank again, um, Mr. D and um, Wings to Soar Academy. Um, we also have some other awesome sponsors. Bookshark um, is one of them. And um, we have uh, Money Munch Kids. Oh, we talk about math, Money Munch Kids. That's real world math right there. So I'm going to go ahead and stick those um, that information in the show notes. I'm going to give you some um, links to some videos that you can watch. Um, if you would like to check out our brand new website, it is, I will post that in the show notes as well. I'm really happy to be back and rebranded and, um, and just, I, I hope that you will enjoy the, the wider variety of educational content on here. I'm still going to be talking a lot about my passions and stuff, but I'm hoping to have some more, um, some more guests on here to get some other voices on here to be heard. And um, just thank you for everything. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful week. <laughs>